Well, welcome to a, another episode of DBC DNA, a podcast for our church, Denver Baptist, and for the community and for anybody else who wants to listen. And uh, thank you for uh, joining us on this episode. I want you to meet a good friend of mine. This is Sean Mullen. And uh, Sean, it's good to have you with me today to talk about the mission and you and how God has used you in the mission. Tell us a little bit about you. Where did you grow up? Well, Chris, thanks very much for inviting me to yeah. come here anyway. Um, you know, Denver has been a, a, a huge part of our lives, and so I really appreciate it. Well, I grew up in South Africa. Yeah, I can tell. You have a bit of an accent. Just a slight yeah. southern accent. <laughs> and uh, I just uh, grew up in a, in a difficult family environment. Um, was quite a rebellious young man. Um, did everything that young men do and um, none of it is anything I'm proud of but sure. uh, um, I had uh, an absolute love for aeroplanes and South Africa was going downhill rapidly with the political environment um, and my mom wanted me out of the country and so she said to me, now, what if I send you to America? You could go and do an American aircraft maintenance license. And I jumped on that one. And yeah. she knew when I got here, because I loved America as well at school. I did a big, a big school project on America, uh, on the United States. Yeah. And uh, so, you know, I often spoke about it. And so in 1981, I... Came to the States. Where did you land when you got here? Well, we landed in, in New York um, on the day that uh, Charles and Princess Di got married. Oh. And um, <laughs> I remember that day. Yeah. And so I, I met a guy on the airplane that um, I became good friends with quickly. And they were going to a place called Paint Rock, Texas. And he was from a sheep ranching family, and they, he and his wife were wanting to get into that and come and live in the States. And um, so about a month after just traveling around the United States, I was going to go to school in Fort Worth, Texas. Mm -hmm. So uh, Paint Rock is about five hours southwest. And he said to me, he said, man, when you come there, you need to come visit us. Because we're on the way, of course. <laughs> it, was, it was a big round trip. Yeah, yeah. So um, I went over there and I found out that the guy had actually been in my apartment 10 years earlier and that we had a common friend and he was with that guy when he was at my place. So it was really quite uh, an incredible union right. you know after so many years and um i just loved it i worked on a sheep and cattle ranch um i met a, a rancher who owned an airplane and uh, he said go and speak to my good friend in san angelo texas and ask him if he'll give you a job and help you to get mm -hmm. a work permit so that's how we yeah. ended up in Texas. Yeah. Now, when you when you when you did you grow up in a Christian home? We were raised Catholic. Okay. I went to a Catholic school. Um, 
my sister went to a convent. Really? Yes, okay. she was in in South Africa. We very much like the British system, mm-hmm. so we have what's called a head boy and a head girl and prefects, people, students that you know have authority over other kids in the school. And my sister was the vice head girl, and um, so she was very a very devout Catholic. I got expelled from the Catholic school. (laughs) (laughs) So when you got to the States, did you, I mean, the United States, Texas, Bible Belt, did you get introduced to a church or how did that work for you? Well, this gentleman that I met that owned the, the aircraft maintenance company, he said, listen, I've got a new manager starting and if he You've got all the qualifications, and if he's interested and he wants to employ you, I'll give you a job, and we'll go through the process. Well, Rondell was a Christian, and um, when I sat down to interview with him, he had his Bible on the table, and uh, he was very cordial and, um, you know, right off the bat, he told me was he was a Christian, and... And asked me what my views were, and so I said, "Well, you know, I'm happy to work here as long as you don't beat me with that book." Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, um, I ended up staying in their house, and they took me, kicking and screaming, to church. It was Southern Baptist Church. Uh, I knew nothing about the Baptists, what they believed, or anything, and um, the preacher preached just an incredible message and uh, the Lord jumped all over me. Mm, how about that? And I was in a church of maybe maybe 1,200 people. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was the only one who walked to the front. I had no idea what was happening. I just knew that was where I had to go. And my life was transformed mm. Instantly and radically. How about that? And I have walked with the Lord. It was the 12th of March, 1982. How about that? And so my 40th birthday is coming up in a few days. Yeah, Yeah. that's amazing. And and you met your wife in Texas, is that right? I met my wife in Mm -hmm. Texas and we got married. Um, We, I was very committed to church and I went on my first mission trip uh, eight months after I was saved, down to Mexico. Mm-hmm. And uh, I believe the Lord spoke to me there. And um, that was a call on my life to yeah. to missions um, at that time. Went on several trips yeah. down to Mexico. So how do you, uh, how's a South African guy and a Texas girl, how do they wind up in Denver, North Carolina? Well, um so I, her, uh, Gina's brothers raced NASCAR. Okay. And yeah. I worked for the NASCAR team for about five months, and I was the the wheel guy. I carried the wheels over the wall in the pit stops. So you were on a pit crew. I was on the pit crew. Yeah. I built the short track car. I did a lot of sheet metal work because mm-hmm. I did that in aviation. And so um, they moved to... Um, North Carolina, and I was working for American Airlines. I'd left them. Gina didn't want to be involved in racing, mm-hmm. 
because she had grown up in the automotive industry and uh, she had seen, you know, it's a difficult life. And so American Airlines, I'd applied for a job with American Airlines and they they called me and I went up to Tulsa and worked there. But I could fly to all of the races. And so we had come over to Charlotte um, to work, Charlotte Motor Speedway, and I saw... Sterling Marlin, yeah. Piedmont Airlines, and I said, "Man, that's uh, an airline that supports a, a, a race team." Airlines, that's yeah. right. Yeah, and uh, a friend of mine um, wanted to get over to Baltimore, and he was going for an interview with Piedmont. And I said, "Man, give my resume in," and I got the job, and he didn't. Oh, is that right? <laughs> so we ended up in Greensboro, yeah. and uh, worked for Piedmont until US Air came. And um, bought bought out Piedmont mm-hmm. Airlines, and so I felt that I I would want to get to Charlotte because Charlotte was going to be the major hub, and uh, moved down there and started looking for a place to live, and we uh, bought a place in Iron Station yeah. from somebody who was associated with Denver Baptist Church. Yeah, and mm. they said I said we're looking for a good church, and they said man. Go to Denver Baptist Church, and we did, and we never left. Now, what year was that that you came to Denver I, Baptist? I thought it was 1987, but Gina says it was the beginning of 1988. So it was really at the beginning. I think the church Very much was small. chartered in 1985 or 84, yeah. 85, something like that. They just moved into the... Um, the small the chapel what the we chapel. call the chapel yes. they just built yes. that and moved into that so what were, what were the days what were Denver what was Denver Baptist like in those days well they were they were committed to good preaching Pastor Bill Bigham was <clears throat> oh, yeah. a was a, a great expositor of the yeah. the word um, there was a, 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 an incredible bond in the men men's group mm-hmm. the men were very active. And I loved that because sure. we were going on short-term missions. We were doing local ministry, helping families in need, um, people who had, uh, you know, problems in finances, in, um, you know, their houses were just leaking. Roof Roofing was near. We roofed houses. We got involved with the cooperative program, building churches. Mm-hmm. We... we went out um, to Missouri and built a church out there. Um, we worked with, the, is it called the children's home, yeah. boys' home? Baptist children's home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we went over there and demolished a massive building yeah. out there. And we were very organized and we, were, we had great guys. Uh, our men's ministry was really thriving. Right, right, yeah. And so you, uh, y'all plugged in. Yeah, join the church. Yeah. I'm sure it was pretty interesting for uh, a, a small church like Denver at the time. I'm not sure how quick or how much the community was growing, but to have a guy with a with a South African accent and his Texas wife to join the church, I'm sure that was a a, a boost for them uh, to have somebody who loved missions, who uh, could help them and walk with them and serve. And so now you got here, you. Uh, you left, and I don't want to get too far ahead in the story, but you left in like 95. 95, yes. And so that was 10 years before I came. So when I got here in 2005, you'd been gone for a decade, and I, I just kept hearing stories about Sean 
and Gina Mullen. I mean, it was just the impact of your family on that little church was astonishing. Well, I think that because we were hands-on, yeah, we were we were very involved in the church. Gina um, taught the kids in Sunday school, and our kids were little. Um, we we were involved, and mm-hmm. uh, I, I think the fact that when you are part of a family community, everybody knows you, right? You know, mm-hmm. and um, we were available for ministry. We were we were growing because we were getting great teaching. Of course, if I can mention by name, Bill and Carolyn Ratcliffe, oh, yeah. they had a massive. <coughs> influence in our lives yeah we, we refer to bill as the wizard of oz oh he is something he else. is something and then yeah. we refer you know he's always pulling levers and mashing buttons absolutely you know? and we refer to carolyn as uh saint carolyn oh absolutely <laughs> and she has special reward being married to bill yes she does yes <laughs> she does and and i know that um that at some point in your in your involvement in the life of the church that that god uh, allowed you to revisit uh, what you felt like was a call in your life from after shortly after you were converted to be involved in mission work, um, and at some point you are called out and the church gets behind you. Tell me about that. How did you? So, because I loved aviation, I was mm-hmm. I'm a pilot as well as a, a mechanic. <clears throat> um, we went down and looked at Jaws. Now, yeah. JARS is the um, Jungle Aviation and Radio Service. They are the administrative wing, uh, if I can use the word wing, of Wycliffe Bible Translators. And they, they are responsible for a type of mission and ministry that flies into jungle areas. Yes. As part of the Wycliffe Bible Translator. Yes. They ministry. provide and. Uh, transportation and uh, facilitating mm. missionaries. And some people might not know this, but JARS, they are, uh, they're located right down the road in yeah. Charlotte. Is that yeah, right? they just, they just south of Charlotte. I think they, I think they are, are in South Carolina, but right on right the border, there. right on the border. So with your uh, interest in aviation, and then here's this ministry that flies into hard places to yeah. get the gospel there you synced up with them well we we went down there and we interviewed with them and uh, they were excited because i i checked all of the boxes sure, sure. Um, and of course I, I was bringing gina along who is just a very um, committed believer but uh, a faithful wife and um you know, she God won't just call me. He needed to call her. We were already homeschooling our children. We had got ourselves out of debt. We had paid off all of our bills. And I went into Bill Bigham's office one day and I said, Bill, I really have this conviction. And he said to me, Sean, I've been waiting for the day you would walk in and tell me that. Yeah. How about he that? said, I've... I've been praying for you in that area, and it's definitely an area where you're gifted and, yeah. and called. And so the church shared that with the church. They got behind you. Yeah, yeah. Bill, uh, Pastor Bill <coughs> left um, 
in that in okay. that transition, right. he went to Asheville, yeah. and um, so I got to I got to share that with the church. But we felt we filled out the the, the full application for Jaws, and it sat on the counter, and we didn't know why. We prayed and prayed. You know, we wanted to go to the right place. And we went to South Africa in December of 1993. And that was right at the transition of the government and everything Mm -hmm. changing there. And just a heavy conviction that that's where the Lord was calling us to go. And so, uh, sorry, that was... Yeah, December 1994. Okay. And um, I, I, I told Gina that, you know, I really felt that this is where the Lord was calling us back to. And she was not happy. Yeah. She said, I don't feel it. I don't see it. You know, and so being a godly woman, she started praying for it. Well, we struggled to sell our home. We just struggled and struggled and struggled. I mean, nothing was moving. Yeah. And well, it's too bad you're not selling now. I mean, right now. Oh, now. Now we've been a different story. <laughs> right now people are, are, yeah. are uh, I'm hearing of bidding wars to pay more. Absolutely. Yeah. But you had a hard time selling the home. We had a hard time yeah. selling our home. And <clears throat> friends of ours, which were uh, Bill and Carolyn's yeah. daughter and uh, son-in-law, they said, man, we, we would really love to have your arm. So, you know, we said, well, how, how are we going to do that? So we worked out something. It was, it was, I think it was the 6th of August or 7th of August because 6th of August is our anniversary. Mm-hmm. And I think it was the 7th of August. And um, a month later, the 7th of September, we flew out of Charlotte and went over to South Africa. How about that? Yeah. And you uh, got involved in mission and ministry. How long were you there? So we were there 26 years. Unbelievable. And, That's awesome. Um, you know, if if I can just mention this, you know, I was a very, I had a very strong faith. I had no doubts with regards to my salvation, mm-hmm. with regards to the Lord being in control of my life and but I had a problem with who my provider was yeah and God demonstrated miraculously yeah. because we got to the country the currency just the bottom fell out of it it the money was worthless we were struggling to get support and finances and um God just demonstrated mm. that he's in control and he provided for us just in in the most amazing yeah. ways. Yeah. Um, and I know I know that there were a lot of folks here at Denver Baptist that sort of felt like they were partners with you that even though you were the one going that they were going to hold the ropes. They were going to do whatever they could to help you be there and serve the Lord there faithfully. Well, that that is that is true, and that yeah. is biblical. Yeah, you know, um, not all of us are called right. uh, to go to a particular place. 
uh, all of us are called to be a witness for Christ, but not all of us are called to be sent out. And um, I like the the parable of the talents that God gives to each according to their ability. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm an adventurous type of guy, and that type of ministry, you know, suited who yeah. I am, and and God equipped us and provided for us and those back home saw that yeah and and they supported us and when we came and spoke at denver when we had really got ourselves established denver paid for our trip over here um, and they raised money to build a church in south africa which um, had been planted um yeah. by folks that had left the the North Carolina Baptist Association had a partnership with South Africa so God uses all of these yeah. links to bring about his perfect will sure. yeah. and we built that church Denver sent a team out and we built that church and it's functioning to this day um, well I will tell you that uh when I was being interviewed to be the pastor here, way back, this was in, uh, so 2005, one of the things that, of course, was a, a, I was looking for sort of in the life of the church, was there a heart for mission? Was there mm-hmm. an outward focus? And there were a couple of things that really, really grabbed my attention. One was they did the upward basketball back then. They had like 500 kids. Yeah. And, and that kind of let me know their heart for the community their willingness to sacrifice time and space and have a ministry that has at its root, you know, sharing the gospel through sports. Um, but the other one was just everybody I talked to said something about Africa. They had either gone, they either helped somebody go. I think the largest mission team that's ever gone out from this church went to Africa. Yeah. And um, your influence uh, you and Gina, on just creating within the congregation a deeper understanding of the gospel to the nations was something that God used for me to say, I think our hearts are aligned. Mm. I think our hearts are aligned. Well, when we met, the first time we met, yeah. it was like we knew each other. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and we... We haven't we haven't visited a huge amount, but we've always yeah. had, a, a, I think, a, a, oh, a yeah. bond in yeah. our conviction about what God desires exactly. for the church. So, what? Tell me about the twenty five years. Tell me what God did and what you were involved in for those twenty five well, years. Well, I, I started off in mission aviation. I worked for an organization, Jesus Live Ministries, and I was part of the the aviation crew. There were three of us. There was a, um, a guy from uh, Canada, a guy from Longview, Texas, who was actually a missionary kid, grew up in the Democratic Republic of Congo. We flew a big transport airplane. We flew into war zones. We flew into the Sudan, providing uh, mission organizations with food and supplies. Mm-hmm. Um we had a feeding program where we we helped in the Mozambique floods. Uh, it was a very exciting type of ministry. I had a, 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 a hankering 
to be more on the ground working with people and and that job didn't didn't allow it mm-hmm. but before i actually joined that organization i i met a pastor and they had uh in their church samaria mission uh and they were 3 hours north of us and um when i we had a few problems within one of the the body churches that were involved um with with things that the pastor was getting mm-hmm. up to and and I couldn't I couldn't be part of that I couldn't be part of accepting that um and I phoned this guy and I said hey I said uh would you have a, an opening for for some I prayed hard about it and in actual fact right at that time um Gina's brother wanted us to come back to America he said he'd pay for us and ship everything back and he wanted me to teach him to fly and and uh, I said no I really think this mm-hmm. place is a place we need to go to and so I had to leave what was really a love of my life uh aviation I loved flying I loved airplanes and and I gave that up completely but you know god is faithful mm-hmm. yeah i became i became a truck driver and uh you know riding four wheel drive vehicles in the bush but i felt the lord really working through me uh i had talents because i was mechanical um and so samaria mission we were working in mozambique which was really a very decimated country first of all they had a colonial war then they had a civil war and um when we were going in there there were people walking around with AK47s wow you know it was there were landmines mm. uh it was one of the the busiest spots for the united nations clearing landmines we'd be sleeping at night and a cow or a donkey or an elephant stepped on a landmine mm. and um and and so we started um really um at ground level planting churches sharing the gospel uh we went from village to village and and really build up, built up mm. a community and and shared the gospel we showed the Jesus film because you can get the Jesus film in the Shangan language mm-hmm. and um most of those people never seen a photograph of themselves let alone watched a movie picture you know right right and our ministry um really took off and it took off um by us using short term teams mm-hmm bringing uh folks from the United States and that was one of my my um on my resume to come over and speak at churches and so we had um in North Carolina down Florida um all the way across mm. Texas New Mexico uh even up in Massachusetts we had um people that yeah. were involved in that. you know that's another thing that i really really respect about your ministry is that when you would come over to the states you would go into churches and talk about the ministry but you were going into churches that some of them had never ever done a mission trip before that's right and so it, it you were you were going into 
not only were you doing this great mission in the bush of planting churches and reaching people with the gospel, but you were then coming back to the States and engaging people who were not involved in the mission mm-hmm. and saying, come with me to Africa. Come with me. And they were going. They would put these Absolute, teams together. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, um, we at our church in South Africa, uh, one of our pastors, who is an American guy, he, he said, I don't like this short-term team thing. And I got to sit down with him one day and I said, let me tell you just a basic principle. I said, not only is the gospel being shared, but we are creating workers for the gospel yeah, right. in the ministry field. Yeah. And I said, you will be amazed to see how many lives have been changed, transformed by them coming to Africa, to the bush, because we stayed in tents. We took everything in there. We built our own showers, toilets, everything. And you, you were in there for 10 days. Yeah. And no communications, nothing. Yeah. And I said, so many lives are transformed by seeing God's spirit yeah. working in the lives of a very simple people. Yeah. That's that's just a great story, Sean. And I know that you're back in the states now. And you guys, did you if you like re, did you retire from that part of your ministry yes, life? You know, or? I don't I don't believe the Bible teaches anywhere no, we don't, retirement. We retread. Yeah, yeah. And so um, at the moment, I'm busy doing a, a biblical counseling course. Good for you. I, I did go to seminary. Uh, I was blessed to be able to go to a really good seminary. I might uh, I might schedule a couple of sessions with you so you can help me. Well, <laughs> well, I, you know, God gave me a hunger for his word. Yeah. You know, Clint was talking about that, about being a teacher. Uh, and the Lord, the Lord, gave me that desire and that delight as well. In actual fact, I'm teaching uh, high school kids at a Christian school. I'm teaching them Bible Are you at really? the moment. That's and awesome. I just love it. That's awesome. I just love it. Well, I know that you're back in the States. You are living in Texas. And then you took some time to, to spend with us in North Carolina. I'm so grateful for you and Gina. And, and part of your story is connected to Denver Baptist, that Denver Baptist was a place that the Lord used to launch you out. And that's what I pray for as the pastor, that, that would be, there would be a lot of Sean and Gina Mullins that God raises up and sends out. And uh, I just want to say thank you for being well, obedient. Well, that, that, that's the purpose of the church. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, I think that, that when we, in, in leadership in, in, in churches, understand that that our responsibility is not just to keep everybody there but to send them out and for the works of service encourage them you know build them up and train them um and and god's word and god's word is 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 primary and another thing about your story that i really appreciate is that just a mechanic just a guy that likes to to fix engines and likes airplanes and likes NASCAR and likes to weld, likes all those things. And, and you don't have to think that because you uh, are not a pastor or maybe not as spiritual as you think missionaries are. Yeah. Missionaries are regular everyday people that simply say, God, here's, here's my skills. Here's who I am. Here's my heart. 
Wherever you lead, I will go. And I'll use the gifts and the tools you've given me to serve your church and to share the gospel. You can do it here. You can do it in Africa. You can do it in Europe. You can do it in Asia. It, it's just it's just making yourself available and saying, look, I'm a, I'm a CPA. I'm a doctor. I'm mm. a mechanic. Mm. And God will say, and I can use you. Absolutely. I can use you anywhere to grow and expand the kingdom through the preaching of the gospel. And 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 God is faithful. God yeah. is faithful in in his calling each one of us. You know, uh, I love Romans 8:28. You know, we are called according to his purpose. Yeah. And uh, I tell people often Philippians 2:13 for it's God who's at work in you both to will and to work for his good for his, purpose. That's exactly right. You know, yeah. we here to glorify him. Uh, exalt his name and bring the message of hope and you don't have to be uh, a seminary trained individual Uh, I believe that you should be committed to God's word uh, and he will use you and equip you in every circumstance here I am send me yeah Yeah. well brother thank you for your friendship I'm so glad that our stories are connected through Denver Baptist I know we both love this church and are so thankful to God for it. And who would have thought, I mean, that a little bitty church in really kind of in the middle of nowhere yeah. would, would launch a family around the world for the sake of the gospel. So thank you for being obedient and following the Lord's will. And thank you for watching uh, this episode of DBC DNA. And I hope that you've enjoyed it. Sean, you're a good friend. You're a delight, you and Gina both. And uh, Denver Baptist loves you, and we're so appreciative of you. Uh, Like and share this video. And as always, thanks to Justin for making it all happen. And we'll see you next time.